My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth, and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all-day coffee-sipping mama of seven. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15-plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Good morning, everyone. We have such a interesting topic today, and I'm so excited to do this because my guest and I have been playing like email tag, trying to get this done between her children, my children, and life. So welcome, Kate. She is going to just tell a little bit about herself. She is a health and life coach and a newish mom, and I'm so excited. We're going to go ahead and just dive in. Welcome, Kate. Can you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Kate Eskery. I am a registered nurse and then I have my doctorate. So my DMP specialized in integrative health. And so I really am in a unique niche within the healthcare industry where I understand and respect modern medicine, but I just prefer to start with like lifestyle changes and natural remedies and living more holistically. And that's what I've built my whole business around. So I share just ideas for holistic health that is evidence-backed and science-based on my blog, The Foundation Blog. And then I also have a health coaching program, The Foundations of Wellbeing. And that is just a little bit about where I'm at today. I've worked in the ICU setting in the hospital. I've worked in outpatient setting. I directed wellness at a college. So my nursing career has taken many pivots, but now it's landed me as a business owner And I'm just very passionate about like simplifying wellness because I think a lot of wellness influencers make it seem like so exotic and complicated and time consuming. And I just really like to kind of cut the crap and make it straightforward. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) I love it. We're like so perfectly fit because I'm the same thing in the maternal area. I am like a little bit of an enigma because I definitely appreciate the medical side of labor and delivery, but I really feel like we should only be needed if there is a need, not just because birth is a natural process. So I love that you're saying that because everything about our health And our need for a healthcare system really stems from good nutrition and taking care of the body that you have. And so I I love that because it's just a bigger picture of what I say in labor and delivery. Yes, if you need resuscitation or you need a nurse or you need me. Yeah. But otherwise, hands off. Let's let the natural process go. So this is exciting. I'm so excited. I love it was I had a guest yesterday. We were talking and My husband is like polar opposite of me. He never goes to a doctor, doesn't really believe in modern medicine, like treats himself for everything. And I'm like, wait, so so, like I do lean towards being a little more like apt to go into a doctor, but we're like the funniest match. So anyway, that's a little side note. (laughs) So I really want to hear about your birth experience because how old is your baby? 
he just turned seven months like a few days ago. So yeah, just past the half year mark, which is crazy, but it's been such a wild ride in the best way. So tell us about your birth experience. Oh my gosh. My birth was like, I'm very grateful to say this, but it was like the most empowering, transformative day. Similar to what we were just saying, I was like head nodding with everything you're saying because I know there is a reason that medical interventions are needed in a birth at times, but I also really wanted to try to do things as unmedicated and naturally as possible and just really trust my body. And so for me, that looked like a hospital birth, but with a midwife team. And I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. I really wanted my body to go into labor naturally on its own. And I am from a family where pretty much everyone goes past their due date. And my mom did with all three kids. My sister did with all of her kids. And I was like, I'm just going to go over. And shockingly, around 38 and 5, we had blocked off that weekend just to do like last minute nesting stuff. Like, home Oh, I projects. know where this is going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Literally, we were like moving furniture. I was painting. We were setting up the nursery. Our house was in absolute chaos and we were getting a bathroom reno done that they would be done before the baby came and our house is just ripped apart. Like we literally had a spare toilet and sink sitting in our nursery because it was like the dumping ground for the bathroom reno. So Safe to say life was crazy. I had two weeks left at work and I had been having prodromal labor for four weeks. And so for those of you that don't know, prodromal labor is when your body is having real contractions, but they don't like amount to anything. They they are different from Braxton Hicks. And I had been having those intermittently for a few weeks. And so Saturday night, they were there all day while we worked. And then they always stopped when I went to bed. That's how I knew it wasn't real labor. And And so you had come to a point of ignoring them. Oh, totally. Like I was numb to them. I, yeah, it just was like, okay, this is the normal. And I, yeah, I want to interject really quick for those of you guys listening, because I love your description of prodromal labor. I always jokingly say it's like back in the day when you would try to turn the key and your car would sputter, but it didn't quite turn on, but it was trying to turn on. It's like a sputtering key in the ignition. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beast. It is because it's exhausting. it feel, I mean, it's their contractions and granted they're not intense contractions, but it felt like having period cramps for weeks on end, but I was just used to it. Normal. They'd be about like every 10 to 15 minutes. And I was like, this is just my story. I'm going to have these until the baby comes. So Sunday they're happening all day. Same old. I don't think anything of them. They're going to, they're going to stop when I go to bed. That's what I kept saying. And then that night we had just finished working all day and I just kept saying to my husband, I am exhausted. I feel like third trimester exhaustion in general is there, but we had worked so hard. I'm talking painting, assembling the crib, like all these things. And I'm like, I'm going to sleep like a rock tonight. (laughs) Well, okay. So I was sitting on the couch. I went to stand up and I felt this kind of like gush of fluid, but it, I, it was thicker than what I pictured my water breaking to be, more watery than I expected discharge to be. But I think in reality, it was just maybe part of my mucus plug. And I was like, okay, that it just felt like different. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. put my finger on it, but it just was like, okay, something about this feels different than just the prodromal contractions I've been having. And I always had told myself, again, I wanted to do things like as naturally as possible. I, w- I always told myself that I was going to do the mile circuit when I thought labor was starting. So I did the miles circuit. 
almost immediately the contractions intensified. I started vomiting, having diarrhea, like my body was just clearing out. And my husband is actually a nurse as well. And so we had gone through the Bradley class together because we really wanted an unmedicated birth and him to feel an empowered part of the birthing team. And so he was the first to identify that I was in labor. I kept saying, this is just prodromal labor. It's going to stop when I go to bed. Trust me. And meanwhile, I'm like moaning through contractions. Like it was like I hadn't accepted that I was in labor. Yeah. I'm like, our house is torn apart. Our bathroom is torn apart. I have two weeks left at work. Like this cannot be happening. And I'm exhausted. And so basically, long story short, he gave me the best pep talk. He was like, Kate, it doesn't matter that our house isn't done. It doesn't matter that you have two weeks left at work. What matters is this is happening and let's do this thing. And honestly, the moment I like accepted my body was in labor, it was like full speed ahead. So we it's started- amazing. Our yeah. mindset is everything in labor. Yes. Everything in labor. Right. And the moment I surrendered that, was it my ideal timing? Was it what I expected? No and no. But it was happening in the moment I allowed my body to do what it wanted to do. It was just like, boom. So right away, my contractions were already at every three minutes apart. I was moaning through them. It was wild. And I wanted to labor at home as long as possible. So we did that. We ended up going in around, I'm trying to think, like 3 a.m. So it was like five hours of laboring at home got to the hospital. I instantly requested to be in the bath. We utilized a lot of acupressure during actions, which helped a lot. And then I was in the bath for a long time, felt the urge to push, got out. And they said, oh, I skipped the important part. I was at six centimeters when I got to the hospital. And I literally said, hell yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever said hell yeah in my life, but I would just like... I honestly had had that. Alter Kate came out. Yeah, it was like Larry the Cable Guy. Like I was literally like, hell yeah. I'm like, what? That's one of the only things I said. Did your husband look over at you like, Totally. Oh my God. (laughs) Six was like the number that I had. I know you can't plan a birth, but in my head, I'm like, if I'm at six when I get to the hospital, I know I can do this. And so just hearing that was really affirming. And so then I got- It's so important what we tell ourselves. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So for those of you guys listening, tell yourself, I've got this. Tell yourself I'm doing good. And even if you're not six when you get to the hospital, but hopefully if you stay at home till your contractions are less than four minutes apart, lasting for a minute, for two hours, you should Mm be. Exactly. I, I love that, that you had set like milestones for yourself to give yourself this. Okay, encourage, keep going. And I love what you just highlighted. Like it doesn't have to be the number six or it doesn't have to be these certain things because it is wild. I firmly believe you can't like step-by-step plan a birth, but I do think as women, you are allowed to hold a vision of what you hope for your birth and trust yourself to be able to adapt if things go differently. Like I had hopes. I wouldn't say I had a birth plan, but I had birth hopes. And like when those little things would happen, it was just like building momentum and so Mm -hmm. encouraging. Yeah. That's why Uh, I call it a birth map. I don't call it a birth plan because it's just like we're planning a trip to Italy right now. And I have these thoughts of what I want to do, but I want to make room for spontaneity changes. And let's say we get there and we've got this tour planned but it's raining all day. Am I going to stand outside all day? No. And <laughs> yeah. so I the same with a birth. It's 
that's my whole theory about birth. It's like going on an exotic vacation to a foreign land. You don't speak the language. You don't know the culture. So learn it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it. And so when I got to the hospital, like I said, I was at six, had the urge to push in the bath. And then they checked me again. And I was still at six, but my waters were like bulging. And this is one thing I really recommend is like knowing which interventions you are okay with before birth, because I knew I was super open to having my waters popped. I felt totally fine with that. And I felt so much pressure and I'd stalled at six. And so I was like, can you please pop my waters? And there was another delivery like right next door for the midwife. And she's like, I'm afraid once I pop, like I'll have two active deliveries going. And so that was honestly the hardest part of my- I would have been like, listen, I'm about to pop it myself, girl. Get oh, oh, down there and do it. I, I was begging. <laughs> Anyone that walked in the room, like even the janitor, can you pop yeah. my waters? Like I was beyond, like yeah. I was- I just think intuitively that's what my body was waiting on. And so I I love that so much, Kate, because I tell my girls, like I teach them the normal, right? But I teach them the most important thing you can learn in your birth journey and into your mothering journey is to learn to listen to yourself and to your body. And so one of the things I teach the girls is not to let them break your water until you're at least six centimeters or in active labor. Mm-hmm. Typically, that's six centimeters. But that being said, if you know your body and you trust your providers, and which you were six centimeters, so mm-hmm. labor nurse mama endorses. <laughs> but if you're not and you're not in active labor and they break your water too soon, it starts yep. a clock and it starts a mental thing that happens mm-hmm. inside of us when our water breaks. We think we should have the baby. Yep. And so I love what you're saying because you had learned to listen to your body and your body was saying, I need my water to be broken. And then your team who are seasoned in this were confirming, Mm -hmm. yes, if we break your water, game time. Yeah. Like I was already at this stage, like in the animalistic part of birth, like I was, it was game on and a resident came on and mind you, this was the first day, first shift. This was 7 a.m. on a Monday for residents. So this was like- So he needed the practice or she needed the practice. And I'm like, please pop my water. So pop my waters instantly. I am not kidding. Pop my waters. They checked me again. I was at nine. The resident did. And then the midwife to check his work was already like, she's at 10 now. Like just from popping it, I went to six to 10 in seconds. And then right away, my body like took me on a ride is the best way I can say it. And I got on all fours and I was just like in this beautiful primal state. And that's one thing that I like my desire for an unmedicated birth, there was a lot of like, sure, medical reasons are just more aligned with my lifestyle. But what I really wanted was just that out of body, animalistic, like so present, so vivid experience. That was the motivator for me. And I can truthfully say I've never felt more alive. Like I remember every moment of my birth. But yeah, I was my body was just moving for me. I really tried to be mindful of my pelvic position. So having my knees in and feet out open the birth canal. And I ended up, it felt longer to me, trust me, but I pushed them out in 14 minutes. So from the moment my waters popped, it was like 20 minutes later, he was like six centimeters to delivery within 20 minutes. It was a wild ride. 
And in Kate luck is what my family calls it. Weird things just come to me. I had planned with the midwives. I established with the midwives. That's who my care team was going to be. And with this other delivery, that midwife was occupied and I just kind of happened fast and furious. And then the other midwife that was coming on had a medical event of her own. So I ended up being delivered by an OB, which was fine. Which you didn't care at that point. You just wanted, you're done. This is time. Exactly. And so that I could, of course, everyone could go into so much more detail with their birth story, but I just wanted to keep it pretty brief. But yes, I ended up having a beautiful unmedicated birth and it was the hardest, but most wonderful, empowering thing I've ever done. I love that so much. And for those of you guys listening, this is a really important point that so part of my birth classes, if they are in the birth class and also a member in the membership, they basically get doula slash labor nurse doula support. And we meet with them every week in a hangout. And one of the things that I think they bring up the most is worry about who's going to be there during their delivery. And it's really it's important, obviously. But the reality of it is that it's mostly your nurse. Like you really don't see your midwife and doctor all that much. Sometimes the midwives are a little more hands on depending on how many patients they have there and how active the other patient is. But I think it's really important to say that if you're empowered, if you're educated, if you know what you want and you're not only know, not only have knowledge because it does you no good if you can't use it. So if you're too scared to speak up or advocate for yourself, then really it does you no good. But I love it so much that really, ultimately, it was you and baby that was doing it. And so the person who was there just had the privilege of being there for your birth. And I think that's good for those of you guys listening, if that's one of your concerns. Like some of these mamas, they have 20 doctors in their practice and they're like, I can't get to know anyone. And the only one I like might not be there. And should I schedule an induction to be there with that person? No, because even if you schedule an induction with them, Listen to Kate's story. Her midwife was there. She wanted her midwife, couldn't be there. So that's just an important side note. So let's dive in. Today, we're going to talk with Kate about preparing your body for pregnancy and then some health tips while pregnant because Kate is an expert on health and wellness. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah, I think just like going in, or I guess I should say my general attitude with health in general is I just like to be proactive. And again, going back to the birth plan, the birth map, the birth hopes, like you cannot plan your health, but you can do the things within your power. And so for me, like going into wanting to become a mom, I took that responsibility like seriously and really wanted to prime my body. And once my husband and I decided we were ready for kids, which felt such a big decision, we wanted to give it like three months just to like really up level our health. It takes three months for the egg to receive the healthy changes you're making. Egg develops over three months, sperm develops over two months. And so we both just wanted to dive into not being perfectionistic or, oh my God, I cannot have a glass of wine or I can't eat fast food or anything, but just like doing the small things for a few months Mm -hmm. before we tried. So things that I had done, I wasn't on birth control, hormonal birth control for years before. I know that's not realistic for everyone. At least six months out, I would stop birth control, start mm-hmm. your cycle, tracking your cycle. That's something I had been doing for years at this point, but I know a lot of people are on it right till they have a kid. And then a big thing for me is just focusing on food. I think there's so much power in food 
and just more veggies, more antioxidants, more protein, not as many processed carbs. And I don't subscribe to eating perfectly, but more so just like eating with intention and just trying to get those beautiful healthy fats in with like olive oil and avocado and nuts and seeds, good protein, and just try to avoid refined carbs, added sugar, gluten or dairy if you're sensitive, alcohol. And that was just how I ate in general, but I was even more mindful of, okay, these are the nutrients my egg is getting. Like I just was eating with that purpose in mind. Yeah. I also recommend having like proactive conversations with your providers. So for me, like I said, I'm like kind of crunchy, but I appreciate science. So I was having proactive conversations with my classic OB and then also my naturopath and just like, how can I prime my body? How can I get ready for this? And then I started taking a prenatal like six months before we started trying. I think with prenatals, so many times we don't take them until we know we're pregnant, but that's kind of not risky, but it's valuable to take them Mm -hmm. before because the most important time for folate in like fetal development is in that like first few weeks where you might not even know you're pregnant. So having that prenatal on board and just getting like extra trace vitamins and minerals, iodine, selenium, choline, like those things are important early on. So I just wanted to be taking the prenatal. So tell us what you took. What, because I'm assuming you did a lot of research on which prenatal you wanted to take. I did. So what I was looking for is a methylated folate because methylated folates are much yeah. more bioavailable for a lot of us. A lot of us have like the MTHF. I call it the MFR. I know. Me too. That's what I always want to say. That's why I have to spell it out. So I just call it the MFR because okay. I ha- I have it. And yes. so I can't. I'm not one of those that can take vitamin B shots or any of that. I have to get it in the methyl form. Exactly. And so for that, I was- You might as well oh, just do it. Exactly. And one company I found that I stink and love, they're called Parallel and they're the first prenatals designed by OBGYNs. And it's like a little packet that arrives and it they have them for different stages. So they have a preconception pack that like includes a prenatal. I think it's CoQ10. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it's different things optimized for that stage. And then okay. there's a first trimester pack and then a second trimester pack. And like in first trimester, it has extra folate because you need more at that time. And then it just gives you targeted for each stage, like third trimester and postpartum. This is not sponsored at all. I do have an affiliate okay. coupon if you're if your followers want. It's Kate Esgree 20. But like I this not sponsored. They're just who I chose. And then I reached out to them once I had such a good experience. But basically, it's designed by OBGYNs to be the exact nutrients you need at each stage. And then it just comes in a little packet. So that's what I did. Yeah, I've heard of them too. Actually, I feel like they might have reached out to me at one time, but I could be thinking about the wrong time, the wrong one, but I'm interested in that. I'll have to do some research. Yeah. And they actually have like, I was going to talk more in this podcast about like preparing sperm health because you know, sperm health is half of the equation. And I'm thankful that my husband does take good care of his health. They mm-hmm. also have a male conception packet of That's vitamins. incredible. Yeah. I'll have to look back and see and maybe talk to them because- it, it's just so important what we yes. put it in our body. And side note, I had I did this like health slash mental spiritual fast in 2020, no, 2019. 
Okay. I had just separated, getting divorced. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just need to clean everything out, like clean in house. And so I did a no preservatives, all fruits, vegetables, clean proteins, nothing in the foods. And I got more compliments on my hair and skin than I ever have in my life. If you see that, which our skin is our biggest organ, Mm -hmm. if doing all these things that you're saying is working even on the outside, imagine what it's doing to prepare for this pregnancy. Exactly. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it. Because I know like for me, when I'm really consistent with my collagen, it's, oh my gosh, my nails and hair is great. And it's, what is this doing for my gut health and my connective tissue? What we see on the outside can just kind of be the surface of all the good things that are happening. But to really break it down, like in case I just went on a rant about parallel, that's just personally what I took. But in general, I would just take a prenatal, CoQ10, vitamin D, fish oil with DHA and vitamin C. And obviously, and I'm sure you do this disclaimer too, that's not medical advice, but that's just a good kind of roundup. And then let me try to think what else I did. I'm really cautious about like the products I use and I tried to like eliminate toxins and phthalates and parabens and BPA and the products I used, not eating off of plastic as much, hydrating, and then just kind of like- Hydration is so important. It's so important. I'm like, if you follow on Instagram, you know that- I am constantly talking about hydration. I think it is one of the most <laughs> overlooked ways. I know, look at my big water yeah. right here too. Yeah, mine too. It's one of the most overlooked ways to enhance your energy, your skin, your digestion, like your mood. I think I saw a study that said even a 5% reduction in hydration, like decreased concentration significantly. It's If you want to show up for your work and your tasks and show up with focus and energy, Hydration is such a great bang for your buck. Same during pregnancy. Hydration is so important in pregnancy. I can't tell you how many times I I have triaged someone who is having preterm labor or having something and we bolus her with fluids and she's good to go. Isn't that wild? I know. Mm -hmm. So I think my advice to the listeners is, yes, I know I just rambled about all these like specific nutrients and that kind of thing. But if you just focus in on your food, your hydration, getting good sleep and reducing stress how you can. Like that's my big mission with the foundation blog is like to focus on your foundation. Cause I feel like so often in wellness, people are like this one supplement changed my life. This one meditation changed everything. And it's like the quick fixes aren't going to work if you're not eating well, sleeping well and hydrating well. And if you are wanting to prime your body for a pregnancy, release the need to do it perfectly and instead just focus on the basics with intention and show up in those areas and that will take care of so much. I love that so much. Just keep it simple Mm -hmm. because the more complicated you make anything, the less likely you are to stick to it. I 100% Then you feel like giving up and then you do nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so those are just some things I did for my husband. Like I said, I wanted to optimize his like sperm health as well. And I'll just say a resource for your listeners is it starts with the egg by Rebecca Fett is a book. And I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Super helpful. And it breaks down like how to eat, what supplements to take. But with sperm health, again, we did similar supplements with Adam, like CoQ10 is huge for sperm health. Vitamin C and fish oil are also shown to promote healthy sperm. And so he was taking those again, good 
good quality nourishment, good sleep, the basics. One thing that is interesting, I'm intrigued. It's not like I think this is the quick fix that will solve everything, but some studies show, and even one that was by Harvard found a correlation that men who wear like tighter underwear did have decreased sperm counts compared to those that wore boxers. So like wearing loose underwears instead of briefs, that's one small thing you can do. There is, again, I don't know, but some correlations that like technology, like having a laptop on a lap, having your phone right near your privates can also impact sperm we're health. All, we're so screwed in the future. Like our uh, children are going to have very low sperm health. <laughs> I know. And it's I and, feel like yeah. this alarmist sometime. And again, I'm not trying to say be terrified of your phone or never wear briefs again. But in yeah. those like two months leading up to it, Adam only wore boxers and then he kept his phone in his back pocket just to reduce how you can. And again, maybe in 20 years, we'll find out these things do have a tangible impact. Right now, it's just early data, but I was just like, hey, it's not a big change. Well, I think change. the boxer thing, I think that's been around for a long time because my kids are mm-hmm. old and I knew I knew that. I think there are some studies on that that are pretty foundational. Yeah. And same with the like- cell phone, you know, I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah, when I, I was know, first like, having babies, we had pagers. Oh my God. How crazy. Maybe you it. shouldn't have maybe you shouldn't have your pager right next to your penis. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone put your pager away. <laughs> and that's the same with toxic products like phthalates, parabens. They're like these buzzwords we hear, but high phthalate levels are linked with lower levels of tox- testosterone and higher oxidative stress. So it's I just think Again, not trying to be perfect, but just being intentional, maybe switching to some cleaner products for your husband. I think so often as women, we think of our own products and upgrading them. But my husband used clean skincare, clean body wash, that sort of thing. A lot of my listeners are like, damn, your husband uses skincare? Like, how do I get my husband to use skincare at all? (laughs) Oh, my God. The most basic. It literally is like this all-in-one face wash thing in the shower. And then there's like this turmeric oil that he loves the smell of. So I think that is the motivator. But um, so no. So fun. I just we're going to Italy and I'm trying to decrease liquids. And so I bought like from Lush, I got the shampoo bar and conditioner bar. And I bought my husband one and he's it smells too much. It's too much. Now, mind you, he uses like that what's the man shampoo all in one that's like (laughs) head and shoulders no not that but like the like with the perfumey cologne smell I forget the name of it it's like a sport something like that but not axe but similar and I'm like okay let's switch yes old spice something like that so (laughs) I'm like how can you like seriously so I've been trying but it's not going anywhere yet so we'll see No, totally. And And I think we don't want a baby. So (laughs) with all things health, like people ask me like, oh my gosh, my husband's not on board or my mom's not on board or blah, blah, blah. It's at the end of the day, find the freedom that you cannot control other people. And when you show up and take good care of yourself, like other people notice, like I would say I am more drawn to natural remedies than my husband. He's like an ICU nurse. But with time, it's, for example, when I have a headache, I'll use peppermint essential oil topically and rub it on the area of tension. And then the other day he had a headache and he was grabbing it and he's, this is amazing. So it's like, you don't have to force people into doing things, but the more and more you gradually upgrade your lifestyle, like people come along for it. So just release the need to 
have your partner do things perfectly and just encourage him in the big things like reduce if he smokes, reducing smoking. If he's drinking a lot, reducing drinking, eating a bit healthier. You don't have to get into daylights and parabens and all that if you don't want, but just encourage the good habits you're seeing. Um, and then little by little momentum builds both for you and the other person. I love that so much. And I just have to say, you just nailed like an important part of parenting as well. Like you can force your children to do certain things and you can say, this is how you do it. But the best thing you can do is set an example and live your life by the qualities that you want to see in your children. Yeah. So let's, let's think once you're pregnant. So now you're pregnant, what are some tips that you recommend health wise during pregnancy? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every pregnancy looks so different. And for me, I had a really rocky first trimester. I was so nauseous, like throw, I was losing so much weight and that was my stressor. And I'm like, I felt like I was forcing myself to eat. And for me, food has been a place of like joy and nourishment. And I literally wanted nothing except popsicles, crackers, and plain rice. I absolutely love that you're bringing that up because the same thing happened to me with Grayson. And I think that a lot of women are like, when I'm pregnant, I'm going to be so healthy and I'm going to make all the best health choices. But when you're sick and when you're pregnant and you have, I hate to say morning sickness, when you have pregnancy sickness, there's no rules. You just have to get whatever you can keep down, down. And I remember my midwife saying to me, because I worked with her, and I was so upset because I just could not keep anything healthy. I didn't want anything healthy. Let's just get real. I only wanted like non-healthy stuff. And it was all I could keep down. And she was like, at this point, your baby's going to get everything your baby needs, survive, and then focus on your health more intensely. (laughs) Exactly. And I think like one thing I try to remind myself of is like, our nutrient stores build up over time. So I like trusted and relied on how I nourished my body before pregnancy and knew my baby was still benefiting from the buildup of my nutrient stores, if that makes sense. And with that, like, even though I was craving like the bad foods, I just tried to upgrade how I could. If I was having rice, I would put some avocado oil on there for a healthy fat. And I would put a little collagen powder in for protein and whatever sounded good. I just tried to, if I wanted crackers, I tried to buy clean ingredient crackers and just make whatever I was having the best it could be, but giving myself total freedom and trust in my body that like, even though it was miserable, this was apparently what my body Mm -hmm. needed at that stage. And did you take, oh, Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask if you took, because I have a, one of my very best friends is a naturopathic doctor And we've been working on like a morning sickness, pregnancy sickness kind of guide. So I'm just wondering, did your naturopathic doctor recommend anything unusual or what you would call unusual? Because I have some thoughts on that as well. One thing that I do honestly think helped me, it did not solve it, but I did notice an improvement was acupuncture. So I went to my naturopath for acupuncture a few times. And I feel like that just, those were the days where I felt like I could keep food down Another thing is like the acupressure bands, like the nausea bands that press on acupressure point P6. I wore those all the time. Um, Let's see. And there Uh, are some cute ones, you guys. There are cute ones. Yes. You don't Uh, have to have the terry cloth stretchy ones that you see on cruises. (laughs) Exactly. And then I would like 
use essential oils as an anti-emetic. So like sniff peppermint oil just to reset before vomiting. I'm trying to think of other. Did you try magnesium? I did. And it didn't work for you? I was, if I ingested it orally, I would throw up, but I did use magnesium oil. Yep. Spray on my feet. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't notice like a huge difference with that. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Cause I just right here, when I went to Lush the other day, they have a magnesium massage bar. Yeah. And I'm, I've been doing some research on magnesium sprays for morning sickness or pregnancy sickness. And so I was just interested if you tried that. Yeah. I remember I tried it, but I just felt like I honestly, it was a good lesson for me where with my health, I'm always like, oh, I can solve this. I can optimize this. I can do this one thing. And ultimately I remember it was around week eight and I just broke down crying because I felt so sick. And I was just like, it was just a surrender of, okay, body, I trust you. I've been trying so hard to control this and like, maybe tomorrow I'll feel better. Maybe tomorrow I'll be able to keep food down. Maybe tomorrow I won't throw up. And it's like this constant urge to make things better was making me more miserable. And around like week eight, I just was like, okay, body, I trust you. If you need to feel nauseous, exhausted, so sick, I surrender to that. And honest to God, that did help me because I feel like I made peace with the fact that this was temporary. I trusted there was a purpose behind it mm-hmm. instead of constantly trying to fix, fix it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that helped, honestly. Hey, I'm going to pause for a second. Is your screen frozen or is it because your picture is like frozen and I don't know if it's just my side of it. You are not frozen for me. No. Are you frozen? No. How interesting. I can hear you and the sound is fine, but you're frozen like mid-sentence on here. I have no idea how to fix that. Can you turn your camera on and off again? Sure. See if that works. Okay. Nope. Is that better? Nope. It's staying right there, but that's okay because the sound is fine. Elias just cut all that out. I was just going to ask you something else and I forgot. We were talking about, oh, go ahead. Just about preparing pregnancy. So Elias, we're going to start back here. So the last thing I want to ask you before we end this podcast, it's been amazing, would be, did you have a plan nutritionally after baby came? Because during postpartum recovery, so important. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel like, especially as first time moms, you think, how am I going to decorate the nursery? What onesie am I going to take their photos in? What outfits mm-hmm. am I going to get? And I encourage you. Yes, those things are fun and beautiful and you should delight in the child you're bringing into the world. But I encourage you to take one third of that energy and place it towards planning your postpartum, like having freezer meals made, making like some egg cups that you can like heat up in the moment, maybe having a meal train set up by friends, getting nourishment in is so difficult in those first days where even like walking to the kitchen feels hard. Mm -hmm. You feel so weak and sore. So having things pre-made was like a godsend. Yeah, because even when you're sleep deprived, when your body is going through a recovery mode, just making a decision on what to have can be overwhelming. So I love that. Have something ready to go, grab it out and go. And I think one thing that I personally had to work on is When people say, do you need anything or how can I help? They want to help. And normally I'm someone that's, oh, I'm fine. I can handle it, whatever. But with people that were like closer to me, like my mom, I like that kind of stuff. 
when she's like, what do you need? I'm like, honestly, if you could batch make five freezer meals for me, that is what I want <laughs> yeah. more than like a gift or a cute onesie or anything like that to me will be so much more helpful. And it's been on those kind of like long days where it's, oh my gosh, we have to make dinner. It's like, oh my God, we have a freezer meal. So I just think it is, you are allowed to accept help from other people and it can feel unnatural and a little awkward, but I just remember like when I offer to help people, I'm like excited when they take me up on it. Like people want to show up for you. And I think giving them a specific thing that would help you is a beautiful thing. I love that. We inside of Call Mama Society, my pregnancy and postpartum support slash everything community, we do weekly expert workshops. And it's me teaching birth, Taylor teaching comfort and coping. She's a doula. And then we have other experts come in. Tuesday night, we had this incredible workshop, exactly that topic, learning how to really ask for the help you need. Because I think a lot of times we just give these rote answers. And when you have a new baby, and if you're not comfortable doing this, pick a person to be your coordinator. You need real help. You don't need someone to come over and just ooh and on ah sit on the couch with the baby. You need a little laundry done. You need a meal. And I love that you said that because if, if you're not comfortable saying, it's like that thing when people are like, the people who are saying, how are you? But they really don't want to know really, how are yeah. you? And the people who are like, how are you? And they really want to know because they want to dive deep. So I think having someone designated to ask for help is such an important thing because let's say it's your best friend. She's not going to be guilty. She won't feel guilty or emotional by asking someone to come and do laundry where you might be like, hey, is that awkward? I really just need laundry. But I think that's really important to say. And then I also wanted to say about freezer meals, because I don't know if you know that I have seven kids. So oh my you, first, baby <laughs> first baby shower, you do the big normal traditional baby shower, baby number three, four, five, six, seven, which I did have a big baby shower for number seven because he was a late in life surprise. But with the other ones, a lot of my friends are the same. They have a lot of kids. And what we would do is you bring a pack of diapers and a freezer meal. And it is literally the best baby shower <laughs> because you get like 20 to 30 freezer meals and your freezer is stocked. And there's and for those of you guys listening, when you do something like that or you have a meal plan, be specific. So like in Kate's, she wants clean whole foods. Like you don't want if you don't eat meat, then high proteins that are not meat source. So just be specific. It's okay to do that, to be detailed. Thank you so much for coming today, Kate. This was really awesome. We've been trying to do this and I think you didn't have childcare once and then I had to do something. So I'm really happy that we finally got it. Oh my gosh. It was such a blast, Trish. And I just, I love your mission and message and it just felt so aligned. Like I feel like we're both in that world of wanting to be proactive and preventative, but still also respecting modern medicine. And it was just so beautiful to talk with you. I love that too. Can you tell everyone again, really quick, where they can find you? Oh my gosh. Yes. So if you want like science back tips on holistic living, the foundation blog is my main platform. I'm also very active on Instagram at kate.eskery. And then I have my eight week health coaching program. And I'm also on Substack, which is new. So if you search for the reset on Substack, you can get like 
guided meditations, nourishing recipes, Q and A's. That is where I'm I hang out. super excited about that because I had never heard of Substack until today. So thank you so much, Kate. Have a great day. You too, Trish. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kate and our conversation on preparing your body for pregnancy and postpartum. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I will see you again next Friday. Hit subscribe. Leave us a review. We so appreciate it when you do. Really big thank you. See you next Friday. Bye for now.